I want to take your attention to the book of 2 Corinthians. I'm going to read just a little bit of a lengthy passage. I hope you can forgive me, um, but it's the word of the Lord, so I think I can get away with it. And um, while you're going there, 2 Corinthians 11, 2 Corinthians 11, and let's begin at verse 23. Uh, I want to give high honor and high esteem to your leadership. Um, I give high um, esteem and honor to the Russells and the McClintocks and all of the team that is spearheading uh, this great school and college. And I uh, had the honor to um, be in a, a um, I guess, the guys' session the week of the live recording. And then I was able to stay over for the live recording. And uh, there's many of you that I've met. I see a lot of familiar uh, faces. And Texas is well represented at Urshan. And uh, I see a lot of faces that I don't recognize. And uh, so everyone's just been so kind and so warm. And uh, I went to TBC, but I think everyone's forgiven me for that. Nobody's held it against me. Um, but it's just been such a high honor and uh, treat to be able to come back. And uh, as an outsider looking in, just to be able to observe from afar um, the spiritual momentum that the Lord is allowing you to be a part of. And everything from a practical sense of you having this great campus all the way to the spiritual things that are happening. It's all interchanged and intertwined. And I celebrate the kingdom traction that God is giving your ministry individually, your school collectively. And I want to do my best to just deliver the heart of the Lord and what I feel tonight. I haven't come to impress you, haven't come to wow you. I just want to come and flow in the spirit and somehow add value uh, by God's grace, and I believe that he's going to do that. I'm very confident. And uh, so, again, thank you to all of those responsible or irresponsible for having me. And uh, it's just a true delight and honor. And thank you to the musicians and singers for leading us to the presence of the Lord. And uh, if it's all right, we're, we're just going to go to the word of the Lord. Is that all right? I'm, uh, I, I could say a lot more things and, and give a long intro, but I'm a little too ADD for that. And uh, I just, I just want to go straight to the word. Second uh, Corinthians 11 and verse 23. If you're there, say amen. Are they ministers of Christ? Posed as a question. I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in death often. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Three times was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Three times I have suffered shipwreck. A night and a day have I been in the deep. What Paul did not know is that there was going to be another shipwreck. So I take your attention very quickly to Acts 27. Acts 27 and 22. And we break into this stormy saga where Paul finds himself in a very treacherous environment. He's had amazing things play take place in his ministry. There is a long litany of things that the Lord has brought him out of. He is testifying of the shipwrecks that heaven has brought him through. And yet there is another one. And in the middle of it, he says, Now I exhort you in Acts 27 and verse 22, I exhort you to be of good cheer, 
For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, you must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God has given thee all of them that sail with you. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. However, we must be cast upon a certain island. By the help of the Holy Ghost, I simply want to preach a declaration of faith. And it would simply be this. Hell wanted your obituary, but heaven added to your resume. Hell wanted your obituary, but heaven just added to your resume. I wish I could convey what I feel in the spirit. And I, 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 I do not want to just come and give you a nice TED talk. I pray that the prophetic confirmation of the Lord is in this house. Because there, oh, I feel it right now. There is a tangible witness. We are surrounded by something otherworldly. We are not just here in the physical. We are on a spiritual radar tonight. And I just believe the Lord's going to do something very spectacular and special. Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? One more time, would you just lift up your hands and lift up your voices? I believe in your prayer. I believe in your authority. God, God, I thank you for my brothers and my sisters that are on the front lines of faith. I thank you for every foxhole friend. I thank you, God, for what you have done in our life. But I thank you for what you are yet to do tonight. Let my mouth be your megaphone. Let only your words that are pure, true, and tried come forth tonight. I thank you for what you are going to perform. I thank you for what you are going to do tonight. Let the angels of the Lord minister to the heirs of salvation. I thank you for it, God. I thank you for it. I celebrate it in Jesus' name. Someone say in Jesus' name. Someone shout in Jesus' name. Now clap your hands just one more time to that great God. Hallelujah, Jesus. I honor you tonight. God bless you and you may be seated. Paul is powerful. Paul is anointed. Paul has authority. Throughout the halls of hell, his name is recognized and feared. And yet, right now, in real time, Paul is a prisoner of Rome. A fellow passenger to prisoners. It seems that he is just along for the ride, being transported as just cargo for the Roman Empire. It seems as if his life is being carried about by every whim, wind, and wave of this treacherous journey that he finds himself in. He is locked up. He is locked down. And yet, Paul is still the cargo of heaven as he is being led divinely moment by moment, hour by hour, even in this treacherous, stormy moment. Everything is furious. Everything is untamed. Everything seems to be coming against him. The odds are stacking up. And yet, Paul has the audacity he has the ability, Tyler, to step from below deck and begin to speak these faith-infused words. Be of good cheer. Yeah. 
It clashes with everything that is seen. It clashes with everything that is going on around him. And yet he continually speaks and repeats these same redundant sentences. Be of good cheer. Sophia, it does not match what is happening around him. Be of good cheer. There are no good vibes. It's all negative energy. Everything is going down and becoming decadent. And yet he keeps saying these words. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Preston, it does not make sense. But if you are going to make it throughout life, and if you are going to emerge victorious, you cannot go by what appears to be. You must operate by what is appointed to be. And what has been spoken over you is greater than any element, is greater than what culture you are in, is greater than what political climate that you are surrounded by. So it is that he is smiling, no doubt, to, to the disgust of all of those that are watching him, to the bewilderment of those that he is speaking to. Be of good cheer. Why? Why do we need to be of good cheer, Paul? Because this very night, the angel of the Lord stood by me. Now, I, I don't know what that does for you, but that makes me want to do a cartwheel. That makes me want to run. That makes me want to shout. That makes me want to do something. Because you have to realize the picture and the context that, that this is set in. The rain is falling. The wind is blowing. Everything, Mark, is sliding. Everything is topsy-turvy. Nothing is stable. And yet Paul said, I got a vision of something that was standing. Baggage was going overboard. Soldiers were losing their footing. But I, help me right now, Jesus, I caught a heavenly vision. I began to lift up my eyes I begin to see beyond the physical, and I begin to see, oh, you know what hell is disgusted by? A young woman, a young man, an urchin that says, I will look above the pettiness. I will look above the destruction. I will look above everything that is shifting and changing, and I will cast my gaze upon that which is sure. So many times we are gazing at those things that are shifting and we are glancing at those things that are sure. If you are going to maintain your spiritual equilibrium, you are going to have to, you are going to, have to cast your focus and your gaze and your attention on everything that is sure. And can I remind you, no matter if the school bill is not paid, no matter if your family at home is not supporting what you are doing, no matter if you are discombobulated and surrounded, I like that word discombobulated. No matter if you are discombobulated and surrounded by confusion, heaven has not lost its footing. Audra, our calling has not lost its footing. There are some things that are sure, they are steadfast, they are unchanging, and you must lift up your eyes. And so it is. So it is. He begins to speak again and again. Be of good cheer. Heaven has already confirmed to me that we're, we're going to make it. Everything's going to be okay. But here's the caveat. We must be cast upon a certain island. We've we got to go through some shipwreck. Um, 
Here's the here's the the, the wild dichotomy. It's that it's that um, bros here. I mean, just, you, just I gotta be real with you. I I I got some heavenly assurance, but this is what you need to know, Lincoln. Um, the contents are gonna be okay, but the carrier is gonna be utterly decimated. I don't know about you. Uh, how many of y'all do Uber? Oh, so you, okay. No millennials here? Nobody does Uber? Everyone's got their own ride? Okay, all right. I see y'all flexing on me. Well, I don't know. Uh, I, I, just, I, I just like Uber. I, I mean, I do have a car, thank you very much. But uh, a lot of times when I go to, uh, y'all are making me insecure. Like, I got to prove something now. And, uh, and so I, I, I do have a car. I, I got some wheels. But, uh, you know, I, if I'm at a conference, a lot of times I'll do Uber instead of a rental. Sometimes in Dallas, I'll just take an Uber to the airport. And I've, I, 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 am a, I am becoming proficient in, in Uber evangelism. I mean, for real. There's sometimes on a Sunday morning where I have a car and I'll, I'll, I'll take Uber and then I'll ask them to stay at church. And I'll say, hey, hey, what are you going to make in this next hour? Oh, 20 bucks, 30 bucks. And I've told them, I'm giving you all some outreach ideas. I said, well, I'm not going to pay you to come to church. That's a gimmick. This church is too awesome for you to be paid to come. But if you do come, I want to compensate the hour that you lost. Now, I could tell you some wild stories. But this story was not um, a faith-filled story. I was at Congress, and I was too lazy to walk to my hotel. And so I got an Uber. And I just noticed there was something a little weird about the driver. Uh, they were shaking, like, really bad. And uh, they were kind of swerving a little bit. And uh, I was like, oh, Lord, I love you. <laughs> I love you so much. Oh, I do want to go to heaven, but I don't want to go early. And uh, I just kind of started praying and interceding. And I thought, you know, it's fine. I mean, literally, I could see my hotel coming up. And then she, she ran a red light. She, I'm sorry, gender equality, they, they, uh, I, I'm, it's not about he or, or, or she, that's, that's, that doesn't matter, um, but she did run the red light, <laughs> and, uh, and so we're not going to get in a battle of who is, is worst drivers, but uh, this night she was the worst driver, as she uh, ran the red light, and I said, hey, you know what, um, thank you so much, uh, I, I'll get out here. She said, well, your, your hotel is not... Your, your hotel is over there. I said, oh, no, I'll get out here. She said, but, but I'm supposed to let you go over there. I said, here. She said, there. I said, here. She said, but I'm supposed to, I'll get, I said, here. Please. <laughs> Please. And so I got out. And I'm a living witness of the grace of God. So I don't know about you. Um, but if I would have heard the words, hey, we're about to have a wreck. The Uber is about to be utterly totaled and decimated, but hey, chill fam, you're going to be okay. I, I'm not for sure about you, but that wouldn't have brought just a whole lot of solace to my spirit. And yet he is looking at them, telling them, we have to be cast upon a certain island. There's no way around it. We must be thrust upon the rocks. We must encounter danger. And all of a sudden, ship meets shore it is horrific it is traumatic boards are flying people are screaming grown men are panicking it is utter chaos and everything that has carried them is breaking 
And so it is that I have learned in my short time plopped on this planet that if something that has carried you is breaking, it was not meant to carry you any further. So when you said, oh, I feel it right now. Lord, do a new thing in my life. He had to break the old thing. Because it is our human proclivity that we remain being carried by what has always carried us. But Kenya, when we pray that dangerous prayer, God, do a new thing. Heaven hears and heaven answers. And so it is. You find yourself in the middle of a semester and you thought you were called. You thought you were anointed. You thought you were prolific. You thought you were powerful. And Brother McClintock gave you a C on your paper. Oh, it got silent. I'm messing. Bad joke. All of a sudden... Things begin to collapse in your world. Things begin to happen. Things begin to shatter. And you thought heaven and you thought your calling was losing its footing. I came to remind you that heaven is so serious about taking you where he wants to take you. That he is willing to bring you through trauma. He is willing to bring you through heartbreak. He is willing to... Oh, you don't understand, but God is so powerful, he can use the devil to bring you closer to him. God is so powerful, he can use the enemy to be your uber. He can use the valley to bring out your anointing. He can utilize and leverage the storm. I got to hurry. And so all of us, is this all right tonight? And so all of us, can I preach this a little longer? Where's Luca at? Where'd Luca go? Oh, Luca Bell. Oh, there you are, Luke. I thought you were on the front row, man. You backslid. Can I preach a little longer? All right. Luca said I could. I was going to whether Luca said I could or not, but it just kind of helps that Luca agreed. So all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they, 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 hear, they hear the command, swim. If you know how to swim, swim. Get to the shore. And so those that have the stamina, those that have the skill set, those that have the know-how, and Aaliyah, they swam and they got to the shore. That's awesome. I love you guys. I celebrate you guys. That's amazing. That's wonderful. Uh, I'll run with you. I'll jump with you. Lena, I just can't identify with you because I resonate with the other category and the rest. That's a nice, polite way, and uh, that's really diplomatic code language for all the people that couldn't swim. The command was given. If you know how to swim, swim, get to the shore. Um, and then the rest. <laughs> the rest, yeah. The rest made it by clinging to broken pieces of the ship. But the Bible says everybody made it. You know what I learned? I learned that your brokenness can take you where your strength cannot. I learned that tears can take you where intellect cannot. I learned that even when you are, oh my, I need, a, I, need a, I need a piece of the ship. Can you hand me a chair? Thank you so much. Yeah, ships don't break easy. You know what I learned? I learned that one of the most spiritual postures that you will ever have in your kingdom walk with God is simply holding on. Jesus did not look powerful hanging on a tree, but he held on. 
And in his moment of hanging on, Catherine, he solidified the greatest victory that has ever been ascertained on planet Earth in time, before time, or after time. Do not let the devil lie to you and tell you you have to feel powerful and you have to look powerful to be I came to confirm to a man, a woman, a brother, and a sister. If you came in bloody and bruised, but you're still holding on, you can still make it. Your pain and your tears and your brokenness can take you Somebody ought to lift up their voice right now. Somebody ought to lift up their hands right now. Somebody ought to look the devil in the face and remind him, I have not let go. I will not let go. I shall make it. And so you come in tonight. And you're broken and you're bleeding. And you know what the Lord does? He allows you to link up with someone's strength. Anthony, come up here, bud. Run up here. Run in the Greek means run. You know what the Lord does? He allows me to be in the same vicinity as you. And he brings the one who is making it, making it on their strength, and he links them up with the one who is making it on their brokenness. And the enemy wants to bring division and pettiness and pride and competition between all of those that are making it. It's good in the hood. You're blessed. You're favored. God gave you a raise on the job. And those that are barely getting by as they are bleeding out. But the Bible says that everybody made it. The Bible said that everybody made it. The Bi- I'm going to say it to you all. Believe it. Everybody made it. The weeper linked up with the worshiper. Brokenness linked up with strength. And said, I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to leave you. Oh, you want to look at somebody on your row and say, you will make it. I prophesy it. I speak it. I confirm it. You will make it. So... So I just got a, I just got a, I just got a simple question. Is this all right? You can be seated for just a minute. I just got a real deep philosophical, revel, revelatory, hermeneutical question. How did they know everyone made it? They counted. Now I'm not the sharpest crayon in the pencil box, but when God gave me that revelation, I got really excited. So, hey Tim. It's Tim, right? I love you, man. It's good to see you. Hey, hey, did you make it through the storm? I know it's been a rough break, and I know some junk is, is going on back home, but, man, I'm so glad that you made it. Hey, hey, you made it. Hey, hey, who else is out there? Uh, it's, uh, is it Ashley? Ashley, hey, hey, come on. you got to get up here. you got to get up here. I know life's been unfair, but you're still here. You made it. And so that's it's me, you. All right, there's four of us. All right, well... I mean, we could celebrate, but that's not all that was on the boat. That's not everybody. And, uh, oh, Grace, 
Hey, I saw some bubbles out here. You, got, you can't drown. You can't be left in that sea. You got to get back. You got to get back to the shore. And uh, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Hey, 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 I know some of you feeling depressed and isolated, and you think you've got a reasonable excuse, but there is no justification for drowning in the deep. There is no justification for giving in to suicidal thinking. There is no justification for listening to the lies of hell. You cannot go under. You've got to get back. Where's Lance at? Lance, come on, bud. You made it. All right. We soggy. We got we got we got we got we got seaweed between our toes. We kind of waterlogged. We got a hypothermia. Oh, we here. How many fingers am I holding up? Oh boy. Where's the EMT? Which we got hypothermia setting in. All right, man, look at me. How many? Two. All right, two. Okay, you scared me. How many fingers am I holding up? Three. We got one, two, three, four, five, six. All right. Okay. You know what? It's not as bad as it could have been. If everybody would have died and everyone been been left and lost, I mean, we can bring out the fruit punch and celebrate something. But it's still not everybody that was on the boat. Oh, well, they seem spiritual. Don't go by what appears to be. Oh, they think they oh they got it all together. I've seen people show up in their Sunday best going through their very worst. And there's been times I didn't just see it. There's been times I was the one in my Sunday best going through my very. What's your name, man? Harmon. Harmon. I saw bubbles. You were going down. But you can't do that. You can't do that. I'm not going to let you do that. Hey, hey, what's your name, bud? Hey, what? Luke. Luke? Yes, I don't know you, but I don't have to know you to pray for you. I don't have to know you to fight for you. I don't have to know you to intercede for you. I don't got to be in the same clique, the same class. I don't got to have the same status. Audra, are you making notes? Which, can I read them? <laughs> no justification for drowning in the deep. I don't have to know you to... Didn't you didn't finish that one. Okay. <laughs> That's really good. I don't know if I said that, but you know what? You can't die in the deep. Oh, bring your notebook with you. Bring your notebook with you. See, what good is the deep if you don't learn from it? You got to take notes about what you went through. You got to learn. You got to You can't just be a survivor. You got to be scholastic. I didn't just make it out of the deep. I learned from the deep. And I'm going to help somebody else. This is where I almost failed, but I didn't. This is where I almost gave up, but I didn't. This is where I wanted to ruin my life and end it, but I did it. If you're going to make it, if you're going to, okay, pause. I got to catch my breath. Too much Chick-fil-A, not enough keto. If you're going to make it out of the storm, you're going to make it out of the deep. You're going to have to be countable. And you're not just going to have to be countable. You're going to have to be accountable. You know what it means to link up with somebody and say, okay, I need to be accountable for you. That means you are agreeing that you are counting on me and I am counting on you. The Russells are counting on you. The Coltharps are counting on you. The McClintocks are counting on you. Your professor is counting, but your brothers and your sisters are counting. You can't.
count. You cannot be left. You cannot be isolated. You are a part of the equation. All right. All right. All right. All right. We've got more than we lost. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. All right, recount. Well, we just can't. No, no, no. This is serious. Recount. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. All right. Well, there was, there was 11. But we got more than we lost. We got more than we left behind. Where's 11? 11, where are you? More than likely, 11's not here. And maybe 11 is at another church. But maybe 11 lied on the paper and they're not at church. And they're cowering in a corner, giving into the storm. But they still count. I said they still count. Hear me. When I said that, a name came to you. Either through human observation or spiritual discernment. Cameron, that name that came, that's the name of the person you probably need to text tonight. You need to pray with tonight. You need to say, you know what? I love you too much to let you slip into lethargy. I love you too much to allow you to harbor that secret sin. I love you too much to watch you get petty and give in to church hurt, college hurt. I'm counting on you. I'm going to keep you accountable. Lift up your hands and pray for him right now. Come on, pray over a name right now. Pray over a name right now. I speak life over them. They will live and not die. They will live and not die. They will live and not die. They will live and not die and they will declare the works of the Lord. Nobody left behind. Nobody left behind. Nobody left behind. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. All right, hear me. Hear me right now. Hear, hear me for just a moment. We're going somewhere. Can I preach just a few more minutes and then I'm going to give an altar call? We're going somewhere in the spirit. And where we go tonight is going to determine where we go tomorrow with Brother Jones and where we go tomorrow night. It's not so much about the preacher that is here. It's not so much about you hearing something you haven't heard. It's about you doing something you haven't done. Thank you, guys. You can stay up here. You can be seated. You can do what you want. But all of a sudden, they make it to the shore. And everybody's, everybody's made it. Every, everybody's there. You can be seated. They, they, they've made it to a new dimension. They, 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 how many of you walked into this new year saying, I believe for a new chapter? God, I believe. Please let it be a new chapter. New season. New dimension. And then you walked into this next year, and it looked a whole lot like last year. Is there any real people? Now, some of you, got, some of you brought your halos. Do me a favor. Unplug it. Put it under your seat. Burn it when you get home. I came to preach to real people tonight. Now, if you're making it on your strength, I celebrate you. I don't degrade you. I don't despise you. But let's be honest for a moment. 
There's some of you that are looking at this chapter and it looks a whole lot like the last chapter. You're looking at this new season and it looks like the last season. And you're looking at this new year and it looks like the last year. The Bible says that, when go back and read it, when they made it, Shelby, when they got to the shore, the Bible says it was cold, wet, and raining. Emily, it looked like everything that they had just left. That's pretty discouraging. When you come to Spiritual Emphasis Week and you really do believe you're stepping into something new, and then everything looks exactly the same as what you just left. That's discouraging. But we don't preach about that. But this is what I've learned. Because you got to have a notebook when you're coming out of the deep. Thank you, Audra. That's a great point. If God is not allowing everything around you to change, it is because he is demanding something within you to change. It does not matter if everything exterior changes, if everything intrinsically does not. But somebody said, let's build a fire. And somebody said, I will not accept the atmosphere. I will not acquiesce to the elements. But I will change the atmosphere. Somebody said, I'm not going to wait for it to stop raining. I'm not going to wait for the temperature to become warmer. I'm going to gather some stones. I'm going to gather some. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I'm going to gather some wood, and I'm going to build a fire. And the Bible, stay with me. The Bible says that they build a fire, and a viper jumps out of the heat. A viper jumps out of what was just built. There are some of you, hear me tonight, you are trying to get more spiritual. You're trying to get more consecrated. You're trying to get more submitted. You're trying to give more, pay your tithes. You're trying to do everything you can do. But the attack didn't come out of the carnality. The attack didn't come out of the lethargy or the coldness. The attack comes out of the heat. Everything that was cozy and dormant is now agitated because you decided to be more spiritual. And now you have a decision to regress. Because if you do, the viper's not jumping out of the cold. The attack's not jumping out of the secret sin. The viper's not coming out of the pettiness. And so now all of a sudden it's going to cost you not to just build a fire, but keep the fire. There's a whole lot of fire starters. It's not a whole lot of fire keepers. But if you so decide to keep praying, to keep reading, to keep fasting, the same fire that exposed the viper is the same fire that destroys And the Bible says that that viper jumped out and bit him and he shook it off into the fire. But you can't shake off a spirit into a fire that you have not built or kept. Deliverance can take a few seconds. Discipline takes a process. Building a fire, takes it takes Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday. But I defy every lie of hell 
that says any spiritual combustion, every spiritual blaze, any fiery passion that the Lord imparts into your spirit, it's just a moment, just a week, just a season, you'll fizzle out. That's what I got when I was at Bible school. Anytime I decide to build a fire, see there's fire starters and fire keepers. There's always fire watchers. And you know what they watch for? They watch for you to fizzle out. They watch for you to burn out. Because your flame convicts their lack of flame. Your your consecration convicts their ashes. Because when you're just surrounded by ashes, you don't feel bad about an old anointing. An old prayer life. But when you are around people that are not satisfied, just a spark for a moment. But they want to burn bright for God. See, in the Old Testament, oh, God help me. In the Old Testament, the Bible says that that, that there was a, a bush that caught on fire. It combusted in the wilderness. And upon research and study, we realized that there really wasn't anything miraculous about that bush catching on fire. It was actually quite normal for a bush to combust in the wilderness. But this is what was abnormal. This is what was miraculous. This is what was supernatural. The bush was not consumed. Moses had witnessed bushes that had caught on fire. They burned up, turned into ashes. There was something different about this. What's your name? Courtney? Courtney, this bush did not burn up. This bush burned on and on and on. And it kept burning and kept burning. Who said that you have to backslide by the time you leave here? Who said that spirituality has to just be a season? Spirituality can be a lifestyle. You do not have to catch on fire and fizzle out and become another stat. You can catch on fire and you can keep that fire. You can protect that fire. You can guard that fire until Jesus Christ comes back. Where's Mr. Piano Player? Where's Mr. Piano Player? Can you come play for me, man? I'm, all, I'm not almost done, but I'm almost done. I, I want to psych everybody out, okay? So just play. We're going to act like we're almost done. All of a sudden, there is a fire that is catching. There is a fire that is burning. And the Bible says that he throws the snake back into the fire. He throws the viper into the fire. And so you will either have a walk with God that is just just strong enough to expose stuff, or you will continue and have a walk with God that is strong enough to destroy the stuff it exposed. And so the Bible says, is this all right? The Bible says, all of a sudden, they begin to look. The viper, woo, had no harm. Now, it wasn't a harmless viper. It's just that the harm-filled viper had no harm on the man of God. You don't get to control the stuff that jumps out and latches onto your spirit. There's some stuff that jumped out, got on me that I didn't like. Ashton, it condemned me. It haunted me. But I didn't get to control what jumped into my life the last few years. But you know what I did get to control? I controlled what I held on to. And the potency and the power of venom loses 
the moment that you decide to let it go. And so now, let's fast forward. After all of a sudden, Paul is finding himself going to the house of Publius. And there's somebody on the bed that's sick. And if something doesn't happen and things escalate and things compound, he might could lose his life. But the Bible said that he lays his hands on him. It's one of the most inspiring, grace-infused statements in all of Holy Writ, in my small opinion. You know why? Because the Bible says that the snake bit his hand, singular. But then the Bible says that he laid his hands, plural. And now healing flows where the venom should have. Because when hell wants your funeral, God adds to your resume. When hell attempts to take you out and make you a bitter PK, and when hell attempts to strangle you by church hurt, and when hell comes against you and wants all of your attention focused on who did you wrong and who stabbed you in the back, God says, this is not the end of you. This is the equipping of you. And so now there is a whole city, island-wide revival. And faith is spreading quicker than venom. All because someone said, I'm going to let it go and shake it off. You are a target of poison. Because you are an instrument of healing. And the enemy wants venom to flow where the gifts of the Spirit are supposed to. So now you get to decide on a Wednesday night, will you infect people? Or will you impact people? It will all be whether you decide to become jaded, cynical, or allow the creator and chief of the universe to add to your testimony. Ooh, I want to go forward, but I can't. We need to lift up our hands right now. This altar is open however you want to respond. If you want to pace, you want to walk, you want to kneel, whatever you got to do, I just need you to do something right now. Come on, I'm reaching for everybody tonight. You count. You matter. Come on, you're still anointed, young lady. You're still anointed, young man. I know you're in a storm. I know there's been sickness. I know you've encountered snakes. But this is not the end of you. You will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Come on. Come on, sophomore. Come on, freshman. Come on, junior. Come on, senior. Come on, Grace. Let God add to your resume.
Come on, Anthony. Come on, Lincoln. Let go. Come on, Randy. Let God add to your resume. Come on, Luca. Come on, Lance. Come on, Jackson. Come on, Adrian. Come on, Kenya. Come on, Emily. Let God add to your resume.